I think it's awesome that the way he did it where he was like, hey, I, I can only give one big, long essay. And just I, I love the, hey, man, you know what? I came back. I, 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 I tried to do it. I couldn't. Um, you know, obviously he made a commitment to Giselle. She wasn't happy. And then it's like, you know, he leaves. And, and a lot of players, you know, like 95 percent of players don't get to go out on their own. Ninety nine percent of players do not get to go out on their own terms. And he was able to do it. And people are like, well, does he want to leave with such a bad taste in his mouth? And it's like, no, you know what? He tried to do as long as he could, and and his body gave out. So that gives you closure for the rest of your life, whether you win a Super Bowl or not. That's Super Bowl winner and former center Nick Leckie. He used to snap the ball to Drew Brees. This week, Tom Brady announced his retirement from the NFL. Where does Brady rank? Is he the GOAT? in the NFL. What was his rivalry like with Drew Brees? Nick Lucky looks back on Championship Sunday, looks ahead to Super Bowl 57, and discusses in detail the great Tom Brady. I'm Anthony Wilson, and this is the Transatlantic Sports Show. Welcome back, Nick. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Appreciate it, man. Well, we had Tom, a great I'm, I'm response last week, you know, and uh, we just felt it was rude not to. As I said, you know, my favorite center of all time had to get you back. <laughs> I appreciate it. Center, right? Not not center back, too, right? Just, just center, right? <laughs> no, uh, different football. Different, different football. There's been some uh, big center back movements in the January transfer window. I hadn't seen your name pop up on one of those, so I don't think you're Man United <laughs> just yet. But still, there's time. There is time. Right. I'm a blues man forever, so yeah. Hey, get on it. I tell you what, those guys outspent any other major league in football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. It was ridiculous spending spree. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. It seems like uh, old school uh, Roman Abramovich is there, you know, but I guess the new LA guy is going to do his thing. That's the one. How do you, as a somebody who obviously, you know, you played in the NFL and you've grown up with the U.S. sport mantra where there's a salary cap and the worst performing team gets the first overall pick in the draft, so you get the sense of parity. What's your take on the Premier League when you see the likes of Manchester City and Chelsea and uh, maybe Liverpool, but, you know, these big guns who have got all the money to spend and if they don't succeed, like, ah, it's okay, we'll just go out and we're going to buy the best to make sure nobody else can have the best. And then your lesser teams like Bournemouth, Crystal Palace are just fighting it out each year because they, they can't get over the hump because there's no fairness there, I guess, in the the budget and the money available to them. It, it would be cool if, if – because you got to remember in the early 90s, uh, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys really revolutionized the game because they, they did that mentality where they spent big, big money on all these all these uh, free agents and they assembled these, these rosters where they won three out of four Super Bowls in, in a four-year stretch. And, you know, they should have won the fourth. But so they, they put in rules, the salary cap and all stuff to mitigate that and revenue sharing. And, and I feel like you could do that with the Premier League because it's going to get to a point where how much can you spend? Do you have that much money? And where you look at the Raiders right now where their coach sucks, they know it, we know it, everyone knows it, but they came out and said, hey, we can't fire him because we don't have the money to pay him out. <laughs> so, you, so, you know, you're going to get to a point like that where it's like, this is foolish. And I think if the owners really want to do something with the EPL, You'd put a salary cap on there to make it fair. And, and, and the whole concept of you're the bottom three, you get relegated, 
and then who's ever in the championship league or whatever, uh, the champions division or whatever it's called. Yep. Coca-Cola. Championship. Yep. That's the one. Yeah. Championship. Yep. Um, you know, gets promoted. So I love that. Uh, obviously you can't do that in the NFL cause there's no other, there's no other organizations, but it's, it's a great concept. But yeah, it's going to get to a point where it's like, geez, do we really, I mean, is somebody who's like a backup getting this crazy transfer money? That's it's right. just wild. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is intriguing. You know, you get the whole relegation battle. So it's almost a separate league going on in itself. And if those teams do manage to pull off a giant killing act, that's a great story. It's almost like the FA Cup like we saw last week with Wrexham almost winning at the end and, you know, Sheffield United. But if Wrexham do beat Sheffield United next week in the replay, then they do host the mighty Tottenham Hotspur in Wales, which, I mean, it's got Hollywood written all over it. Uh, yeah, you just it does. Like, you know. Oh, it does too, for sure. Right. And, and I, I love that. It's so fantastic. Like I always tell people that like, they're like, oh my gosh, there, there, there's footy on Wednesdays. There's Tuesdays, Mondays, almost every day of the week. And it's like, what's the deal? And I'm like, FA cup. I go, here's how to explain it. You and me could get together and form a team, you know, from our, our local bar or our friends, friends group. And we could, if we play enough tournaments and win enough games, we could play man United. That's right. Essentially. And I I love that aspect. Like it's a true open tournament and it's like, wow. Like, and people, when I tell people that they're like, oh man, seriously? I go, yeah, it's amazing. It's a, a fascinating concept for sports. Every summer we have the FA Cup preliminary rounds. They kick off around July, August. You gotta go through the, those prelims to then get to qualifying, then to get to the first round proper. And as you said, those fairy tale dreams can come true. Can you imagine? <laughs> you know, just like you're you're this tiny little team, and then you are drawn at Old Trafford against Manchester United or at the Etihad Stadium, and then you've got to defend yeah, right, Erling Holland. Right. Good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Right. He gives he gives most center backs fits, uh, you know. So, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, good luck indeed. For real. Let's try and stop a horse uh, in full full stampede mode. That's the one, man. That's the one. We've got the Grand National coming up, speaking of horses, over here in just a couple of months' time. But, look, we go from one football to the other football because it's coming to the end of the NFL season. We now know who's going to be in the Super Bowl, and we're going to look ahead to that Super Bowl in just a moment. But before we discuss all things Championship Sunday and Super Bowl 57. I got to ask you, your thoughts on Tom Brady, the uh, the GOAT, perhaps? I guess he is. He hung up his cleats. It looks like forever now. Yeah, he did. I uh, Well, that's that's funny, Anthony. I did not hear that at all on Twitter yesterday. That's did so you know? weird. How oh. did you know that information? It was nowhere to be found. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was ama- that 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 was too funny to me. I was like, "Wow, do I even follow Tom Brady?" No, but it's blasted. So <laughs> it's everywhere. Thirteen and million more, views in like an hour or whatever. <laughs> exactly right. Well, I, I think I think it, I think it's awesome that the way he did it, where he was like, "Hey, I I can only give one big long essay," and just I, I love the hey man, you know what? I came back. I I I, I tried to do it. I couldn't. Um, you know, obviously he made a commitment to Giselle. She wasn't happy, and then it's like you know he leaves, and, and a lot of players, you know, like a ninety-five percent of players don't get to go out on their own 99% of players do not get to go out on their own terms and he was able to do it and people are like well does he want to leave with such a bad taste in his mouth and it's like no you know what he tried to do as long as he could and and his body gave out so that gives you closure for the rest of your life whether you win a Super Bowl or not uh, to end your career go out like Jordan first time retirement 
it's like, you know what? I did it till my body said no, and, and I have no regrets. Because I think if, if any athlete retires with, you know, in the peak of their game, uh, outside of, um, who is it? Um, is it Roy Keane? Who was the, who was the guy, the, 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 the French, the Frenchman who, who quit at the, the peak of his game to turn into a, um, an, an actor and stuff like that. Oh, Who's Eric that? Cantona. Cantona, right. Cantona. He retired at the top of his game, right? Yeah, he did. So, and so that's awesome to say that, but some people are like, okay, I can do that. And that's fantastic. Or I can play until my body's spent. And that way I have no regrets. And I think that's what Tom Brady kind of did where he looked like he looked bad. He looked really bad yeah. in his last games. And it's like, okay, cool. I can hang up my boots now and move on to other stuff. I feel privileged to have been able to see him uh, in his final season. I covered the game in Germany at Munich. He got the win out there. And the attention that he had, it was the week before the World Cup started. So you had the, the Germany squad. They were due to fly out to Qatar maybe on the Monday or the Tuesday. But the likes of Thomas Muller, because it was in their house, it was at Bayern Munich where that game was. And it was, you, you had this soccer football royalty you know the eyes of the world were going to be on them in just a week's time at the right. world cup and there was this anticipation waiting everybody was stood around the tunnel i had field access which was you know amazing to uh, to be there field side waiting for brady to come out and then he came out and the the noise that erupted but i had a sense of um he he was in a season of reflection, I think, because in his post-game, even before the game, you may recall seeing the shot of him being presented with Lederhosen um, on the, the Friday <laughs> before. But after the game, his first comments were about what a fantastic opportunity it had been, what a great experience it had been for him to go to Germany, to be a part of it, and it was something that will live long in the memory, and he'll sit back and talk about it with his kids and remember it. And he's had lots of those post-game presses where he has felt reflective. And then his final ever one, after after that defeat to the Dallas Cowboys, and the, the last part of that press conference was him speaking to the media and thanking the media and there it was almost like a it, it was like a scene of him just that's it i'm going off riding into the sunset and it did feel like there was a finality to it so it was certainly a, a decision that had been in the making perhaps over the last few weeks past couple of months and he knew and he didn't want to go out next season an absolute bomb you know <laughs> he had, like, yeah falling off the cliff no, you really don't. You really don't. But then, but then too, like for for him too, I think what did it was I was actually watching that that game is when uh, Ronaldo hit that hat trick in front of him when he was retired. Was it March of last year? Yes, March of this right. year. Yeah, yeah. That brought him back. That yeah. brought him back. I was like, oh, he's totally coming back. <laughs> Just to see that, right? You're inspired. You're like, he's like, you know what? I still got some gas in the tank, and, and I'm gonna try it. And it's good because here's the thing, Anthony. He could go. You can go your whole life and be like damn what if i'd have came back i still got something in it and it's like i'm telling you that that's a real thing because this man he's what a young what 45 yeah right i mean he's ancient in nfl terms but for life i mean that's midway hopefully or more right or less yeah and it's like so yeah it's it's and he was such a 
I think the thing in the NFL is your 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 downfall comes quickly because once you start putting things on tape like interceptions or or uh, no elusiveness and and you see people get after them due to that depleted O line they had in Tampa is that then people expect that and then it just it just like they just grease the tracks and you just slide is just 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 vast and quickly and but that's how the game moves you know it's truly. NFL like the like the top player in the NFL is is only a couple a couple bit better than the bottom player because right. it, it in any given position because it's just a little bit it's just a little bit is all it really takes and so yeah once you see that nope boom once people expect to get picks on you once people expect to get after you yeah that's a wrap yeah the stat that I took or the achievement that I took from him from this season, you know, that, that I guess for him would be a milestone that was worth getting. And that was the 100,000 passing yards, which he got in uh, oh, early November. You know, he oh, got that's that, what he, he wanted. That's he what he it. wanted. He was stat chasing. Yeah. I forgot about that aspect. Okay. Yeah. And you couldn't live your life without knowing you're that close. Might as well get it. Yeah. And he got it, Marshall. and you know, yeah. But it's funny you said that about the the stats because you look at his numbers, and this year is like well, he only threw twenty five touchdown passes. You know, and this is a guy who, you know, last year was it forty touchdown passes, and obviously yeah. he had the season where he had fifty touchdown passes. So you can see that decline. And I don't think it was all on him physically. I mean, he's, no. he's obviously a specimen, and he's he's shown the way. I think for. Um, well, not just men, but men and women, people, you know, getting older, approaching their 40s, that age isn't just a number. It, well, sorry, age is just a number. That's my yeah. point. Age is just a number. You can, if you, that there are barriers that you can break through. And if you look after your body and you set your, yourself right, that you can achieve things. And he's shown that and he's, he's proven that. Although I don't think every athlete can achieve that because you look at I mean look at look at Aaron Rodgers he isn't going to well, he said himself he isn't going to play until he's 45 and then some of the basketball players we're going to see LeBron James make history in the next what four games for the Lakers yeah. when he overtakes uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar these guys they're unicorns right? Basically yeah but but it shows you what you can do if you know if you have the skill set and the dedication I think the Tom Brady thing is more for us us average average people where you look at his combine photo, right? The most terrible, bad body, coach's body photo ever of him with a shirt off and gray shorts. You're like, that dude is the GOAT quarterback. Be like, hey, man, if, if you dedicate your life to, to what you're doing to be a true uh, artisanal craftsman, uh, craftsperson at what you do, man, you can achieve great things. And a little bit of luck here and there with uh, Drew Bledsoe getting hurt in New England. Uh, I mean, gee, goodness, I, you know, Tom Brady doesn't eat nightshade vegetables, right? Because they don't have any um, healing properties. You aware of that? No, I didn't know that. So, right. so Tom Brady does not eat tomatoes, right? Because they don't have a regenerative property. And so every time I eat a tomato, I'm like, damn, Tom Brady, especially in the summertime, I, I love me a good heirloom. And it's like, <laughs> man, like, I'm like, how, how, did, you know, he, he gave it up, right? And it's just deep dedicate yourself, man. Good things can happen. Well, he's got to wait five years until he gets into Canton. Yeah, was was there a healthy relationship between him and Drew Brees? You know, you being someone who was obviously Brees's center. Oh yeah, it, it's a healthy like whenever whenever you're you're battling 
someone on the same side of the ball. It, it, I always got juiced up like when, when I'd play against like Tom Nalen, who was my idol, or Owen Kreutz with the Bears. Uh, I just I, I always felt like my games were better on those because those were my idols. Those were guys I looked up to. Those guys were I competing with. Yeah. And yeah, so there's a healthy friendship because you're not battling each other. It's it's you're showing you're kind of communicating to each other. Oh, hey, I'm watching you. You hear? Oh, you did that? Okay, here's what I can do. Right. So you're putting stuff on film, putting stuff on the film there. So it's a healthy, it is a healthy relationship. But I think those guys are too competitive. They're, they're competitive, um, especially with those emails that he sent to his dad, <laughs> where he, he kind of called out, you know, Peyton Manning said, you know, Peyton's got two more years. I've got a bunch left and things like that. So yeah, there's some competition there for sure. Nice. It's friendly. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What's it like as a professional athlete when you make that decision to call it a day? You know, everything that you've, you've worked towards and, you finally hang up the cleats. So with, like I said, for me, it was like, no, it was no grand anything. It was like, Hey, um, I can't get into a training camp. What's the deal? And then it was like, I'm not in a training camp. And then week one rolls around and the center gets hurt and I don't get a phone call. Then it's like, I guess I'm retired. Right. So it's kind of like for, for the majority of us, it's like, hey, you're good. But for those few chosen ones and uh, the few people who are Hall of Famers and have distinguished themselves with their with their play, they get to go out when they say they want to go out. And yeah. the rest of us are like, no, we're good. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Look, your head coach uh, from the Saints from that Super Bowl winning team, he's coming back. Back yeah. in the game, he's coming back with a price. But uh, yeah, what do you make of his decision to go to the Broncos. I love it. I, yeah. I love it. I, I think, I think Sean is one of my, one of my favorite coaches of all time, just because he has such a good pulse on his team and he knows the, the, the limits of what they can do. He knows everyone, the personnel and he can game plan. He can scheme things. And for him to try, <clears throat> he's already cemented his legacy. And for him to come in to Denver to do this, I, I think it, it, it makes sense on paper. You got a quarterback who who's diminished, but but he has a broad range of skills and has that dedication. And I don't think Hackett, the the coach at Denver, really kind of had a grasp on, on what to do. And there must have been some behind the scenes stuff because they were that bad. He gets fired in his first year. That's unheard of. Yeah. But when you go three and out for an entire half for a couple of games in a row, that's pathetic football. That's truly like that's miserable. That is if you have no confidence, you can't you can't you're going three and out and punting and your defense is still keeping you guys in games. That that that's a good one for for Sean to step into yeah. and say, Okay, we have this great city in Denver. It's you know, you can get you can get free agents to Denver because it's a great city, uh, it's a great place to be. Amazing home field advantage. You know, you get to go against Patrick Mahomes twice a year, mm. right? You get to go against Herbert twice a year, and then you get to go to Vegas once a year and uh, beat up on the Raiders. <laughs> you know, so it's like in, in that in that mess. So for Sean, it makes sense. You have a stout defense, home field advantage, great place to live, and uh, you can you can resurrect Russell Wilson, which would make him, you know, in the top five of the greatest coaches uh, to to do it just based off of what you've seen, right? Imagine if they come out and go, you know, 12 and two next, or I'm sorry, whatever the, the, the 17, 12 and five or right. something like yeah. that next yeah. year. I mean, how amazing would that be? And they'll yeah. say Sean Payton. Wow. Right. Yeah. He resurrected Jameis Winston. Come on. That's he true. can do anything. You're right, man. <laughs> he He's a quarterback achieve. whisperer. Yes. Jameis and Taysom Hill. Like, come on. You, if you'd have said, right, he, he won with that. And so the pieces are there. It's like when Tom Brady stepped into the Tampa role, 
I was like, that's a perfect fit. Yeah. That's because you have everything. Yeah. You have everything right there. Well, another top coach is Andy Reid, of course, and he's returning to the Super Bowl to face his former team. That's going to be a special occasion, right? Yeah. It's the first time where a a Super Bowl matchup has been a long time in what they're both one seeds, right? That's right. That's and right. and true one seed like true one seeds too where if if you had told me midway through the season you know or, or in November December when football matters is that who are the strongest teams you know those guys were up there you know those guys were up there as like okay yeah those are teams you don't want to face and they're both teams who are absolutely peaking uh, right now in the playoffs like just absolutely peaking I mean imagine if Mahomes hadn't lost his top three wide receivers playing on one wheel. And then you lose your your starting linebacker in uh, Willie Gay, and then your starting safety in Legarius Need in like the fourth play, right? And they still pull, pull barely pull it out. Most teams are folding, right? That's right. I mean, so yeah. they, they they did it. They did it, and it, yeah, I know it's different circumstances to the uh, the Forty ers in Philly, but you, uh, after that after it. that first they drive, you know that it. was it. I mean, the the defense. <laughs> The defense yeah. did it, although they, they lost it. They lost the plot, but I guess, you know, it was just culminating factors got on top of them. But if you're the, the Eagles and you look at the Chiefs and you look at the coach and the Chiefs, you know all about Andy Reid, but then you've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got to come up against the guy. Like you said, he, he's there. He's wheeling around on one leg, but he can still bring out the best and achieve the impossible as well. We, we were talking about unicorns earlier. You know, Mahomes is one of those guys, which just makes this matchup even more intriguing because we all know that he's probably not going to be 100% going into that game, but that doesn't really matter at this stage, does it? No, it, it doesn't. I just, just the way that, that he can scheme and his, he's got so much power behind his throws and such a strong arm that even him diminished is still probably better than most everybody in the league right outside one or two players and just the the confidence he brings the grit he was holding back on those qb runs so you could tell his ankle was was really messed up uh, so the offense line stepped up their play but until that last time when he had to do it he gritted it out and then ended up you know surprising the the bengal's defense and getting that that late hit call and so, yeah, it's just one of those things where, damn, they weren't expecting that, and he did it. So you know he's got that in his back pocket. And, and if you're Philly, you're like, wow, that's dangerous. <laughs> and they've you got know. a decent run game as well. And, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, they got the Kelsey brothers. But uh, <laughs> there's, so they can come out with so many angles. Absolutely, man, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and Chris Jones, yeah, he's up there for the defensive player of the year. I don't think he'll get it. But he's. you look at the – the Philadelphia defensive line, but then you look at Chris Jones. There's so many intriguing matchups that that you can look at and cherry pick. Is there anything in particular that jumps out at you that you're most excited about ahead of Super Bowl Fifty Seven? I'm just excited that like this is the first time like you're in, like the top the top O line uh, with uh, with the Eagles is they they are cooking right now. They're playing so well together. And then that Philly D-line will, will get after you, too. Mm, so, mm. I don't know. I think the Chiefs are going to be in for some trouble just based off the the battle of the trenches. Uh, but at the same time, uh, this Chiefs defense, man, they get after it. They absolutely get after you. And you got playoff Frank Clark, who's who's absolutely in, in proper proper form right now. 
and and he's doing it to it and you know chris jones but the other guys it's mike dana you know dunlap you know these guys on the defense line who are, are filling those spaces when they try to double and triple team chris jones <laughs> and it's like okay now you got to win one-on-one and they've shown they can do it so it's 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 a true 90s i'll give you a british reference lennox lewis holyfield oh yeah baby uh, matchup it's a true 90s juggernaut matchup like it's fantastic like i'd i'd pay pay for view for, for this one. Oh man you've got me pumped and i'm going out there we're going to be there the transatlantic sports show is going to bring you coverage we're going to pull back the curtain and uh yeah you know i just can't wait to be amongst the uh the the, the teams out there i'll be covering uh each team you know i'll be doing the chiefs one day the eagles the next day and just you know talking to all these great names from around the nfl as well so it's going to be exciting exciting times what are the players doing now before the madness of well, Super Bowl week. So right now, so both teams are at their respective facilities, Philly and Philly, and then KC is here in KC. So this is your normal week of practice. So what's today, Thursday? Mm-hmm. So you started yesterday. So Wednesday is your, your first, your, your opening day. So Wednesday you did your, your install. You did a breakdown of the players. You know, you're watching film. Uh, Thursday is, is another practice. So you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday, so you follow your normal routine where, you know, it's probably at this point Saturday's a walkthrough and then maybe you're in shell softies and you're just, you're, you're, you're installing plays, you're looking at their defense, you're going to feel for it. And then you fly out Sunday. So you fly out Sunday and then, you know, you get to Arizona and it's chill, right? Where you have a practice Sunday, then, you know, coach lets you go out for Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday's day off. And then Wednesday, it's it's your work week, but you're in Arizona. So I believe Chiefs will be at Arizona State in Tempe. That's right. And the um, the uh, uh, also the Philly will be at the Cardinals facility yep. in Tempe, which I used to be, which is a beautiful uh, a beautiful little like two story structure. Um, modern it's like glass and like these exposed beams i was there for three years it's beautiful and beautiful fields like because they got so many golf courses the field the practice fields are absolutely pristine and so it's kind of like it's kind of like you get there to the work week in arizona and it, it kind of is um you're you're almost in a weird sense like you're like i'm ready to play like let's play i've been i've been locked in since august 1st then like let let me just get out there and do my thing and I was always a ball of nerves before every game, minus the Super Bowl. Right. Which, weirdly enough, just because you put in two weeks of work, Anthony, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you're like, let's just play this damn thing. Let's get I'm it sick done. of it. Yeah. Let's get it. Like, I want to, like, I'm juiced. Let's do it. I've, I've watched enough film. I can't watch any more film. I've seen, I can memorize every play. So let's just do this. Like, <laughs> let, let's, let's play and then be done with it. Then you're, you know, you're vacationing next week, no matter what. Man. Yeah, look at my hotels out in Tempe. So I've had a look and I've seen the uh, the Chiefs aren't too far away from where I'm going to be staying. You know, I was looking ahead, just thinking about runs that I can do, and I saw. Oh, I was like, all oh, right, I can actually go for a run up around there. There's the uh, I think Salt River, I think it's called up there. So uh, you oh know, yeah, go for a run around there, and yeah, Sunday I'm I'm I'll be at the airport filming the arrivals, so I'm going to be well amongst it throughout the whole week. So yeah, keep an eye out and keep an ear out for the Transatlantic Sports Show podcast. Look. Nick, um, early predictions before you go. Oh man, this is I, I honestly I, I hate to say this as as a Chiefs person. Um, it's going to depend on Mahomes' mobility, right? If if he has some some his mobility back and able to elude, then I think the the Chiefs are going to win by by three points. 
And now if, if Mahomes is a sitting duck in that pocket, man, I, I don't I, – that this, this Philly D-line can absolutely get after offensive lines. And you worry about our two tackles with Wiley and Brown. Like are they going to be able to withstand that one-on-one pressure? Are they going to have to give chip help? Or is Andy Reid going to scheme it? You know, So it's like if, if Patrick Mahomes isn't mobile, they might lose by one. Exciting times, exciting times. What you're saying is, uh, you know, the Chiefs are the underdogs, so back them to cover, and then, you know, all bets are fine. There you go, exactly. Yeah, thank you for for, for the gambling crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Leckie, thank you so much. Always great having you on, and, uh, you know, I guess at this point, is it go Chiefs? Uh, You know, we've got to keep you sweet, man. We've got to keep you sweet, so. Exactly. There goes Super Bowl winner, former center Nick Leckie lives in KC, covers the Kansas City Chiefs. Great insight. And uh, I love the chat there about Tom Brady. Uh, You know, he's a guy who obviously snapped the ball, not Tom Brady, but Nick Leckie to Drew Brees. So he's he's been there. He's done that with some of the greats and just offering that insight. It's going to be a heck of a week. I fly out on Saturday. I'll be there to cover the teams arriving on Sunday. We'll be bringing you all the coverage you need from Phoenix, Arizona, ahead of Super Bowl 57. And then Looking back on Super Bowl 57, we're there until the day after. So, you know, great content coming your way. Make sure you give us a follow on social media, on Twitter, at T-A-S-S underscore UK. We are at T-A-S-S underscore UK on Instagram as well. I am Anthony Wooten at A-R Wooten. So please tap me up and, you know, keep an eye out for some of the content that is due to come. Here we go. This is what we live for, isn't it? The Super Bowl just around the corner. Super Bowl week is upon us. Enjoy it. Enjoy the content. If you love it, leave a review and a five-star rating that'll help other people find us. So until next time. (laughs) 